0: folks. Praise the Lord. This is Brother J.W. Brand with God's whole word. I'm so glad to be with you on this Friday afternoon and I just want to get right into this podcast and we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for the opportunity, the privilege, Lord to bring your word one more time. The whole word of God, thank you Jesus, and we just ask that you bless it, that you open our ears and our hearts and our minds, God, to hear your word and to take it in and to be fed and allow that seed to grow down deep in our soul. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, where I want to go today is in Matthew chapter 3. We're going to start there. And in Matthew chapter 3 and verses 1 and 2, it says, In those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, John was the forerunner of Jesus Christ and uh, he taught repentance because the kingdom of heaven was at hand. Now, when you hear the term uh, kingdom of heaven or kingdom of God, they are generally one and the same. And what you find here, that uh, Matthew speaks a lot of times to a Jewish audience, and they uh, were not even going to pronounce the word God if it were... uh, Uh, any way possible for them to do so in a godly manner they still would not do it they refused to do this Um, and so uh, a lot of times it would be spoken of as the kingdom of heaven in this way uh, they would not uh, do as they felt was a a disrespect to God to speaking even his name but when you see the word kingdom of heaven or the word uh, kingdom of God it's basically all the same thing. And John was the forerunner of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The Messiah that was come to save us from our sins. And he was preaching repentance because the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And you say, well, what does that mean for it to be at hand? And uh, we, we look at that and and we find that it means it's now approachable that through the Messiah that was to come, the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God was now approachable. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And so uh, we see that before, the kingdom of God was not approachable by just any mere man or woman. That uh, it was not possible to do. But here and now, as John Uh, began to preach that the kingdom of heaven was at hand he knew that the messiah had come he knew that the messiah was going to come on the scene and so he said repent this is imperative friend it's an imperative uh, thing to do to repent now that the kingdom of god is approachable God calls us, each and every one of us, says God at one time winked at ignorance, but now he requires and calls us all to repentance. And so sometimes you may see some things that went on in the Old Testament. You think, well, how come that went on over there, but it can't go on now? Because God requires all of us to repent now, hallelujah, and turn to God and allow him to do a work in our soul. And so he was preaching repentance because of the kingdom of God coming at hand, he understood that we needed to do this thing called repent. And now, when you look at the word repent, it can mean an accompaniment. It can mean amid a company. In other words... We can now approach God's kingdom or His throne through an accompaniment. Well, what is that thing that's amid us or that accompanies us? That would be our high priest, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the high priest of the church of the living God. And you cannot approach God's throne without the Lord Jesus Christ. And by faith, we accept Jesus By faith we believe in Him and we do come into God's presence with the accompaniment of our Lord. Amen. You know, a lot of people, uh, they like to quote that verse that says, you know, to come boldly before the throne of grace. But if you look that up, you find out that it also means to be accompanied, that you will come into God's presence uh, certainly boldly only because... Uh, Before There was no other way for anybody to to do this. If you look in the old law, uh, you find that uh, that is exactly what happened. The people, once a year, their high priest would go in and offer sacrifices for all of them. The people would be given uh, their offerings of sacrifices done by the high priest. And this was only done once a year. And it was only done by the high priest. And the blood was sprinkled upon everything. And now we are no less any different. But we know who our high priest is. And our high priest is eternal. Now when I say uh, eternal, what I mean is that God has made an eternal way for us to be saved. A saving grace that can bring us into eternity forever it is something that can be done if we are willing by faith to accept the lord jesus christ and so when we go on and we look at the next verse of scripture that we're going to look at and it's also in the book of matthew but it is in chapter 4 and verses 16 and 17 and it says the people which sat in darkness saw great light And to them which sat in the region and shadow of death, light is sprung up. Verse 17. And from that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Jesus went about preaching the same thing that his forerunner John preached. He said the same thing as he began his ministry. This is what it says in verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach and say, to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Friend, there are many people out there that just believe that uh, Jesus didn't say a word about repenting. That Jesus didn't say a word about anything but just love your neighbor. And I'll tell you something about the Word of God and what it says, because here we believe in preaching the whole Word of God. Hallelujah. Thank you. You know, they came to Jesus one time, and they said, What is the greatest commandment? And the Lord said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The first thing he wanted to get cleared up is that there was only one God. Amen. Hallelujah. There is only but one God, and he wanted to make that clear. But the next thing he said was to love the Lord thy God with all your heart and your mind and your soul and your strength. Now, of course, even our strength, even our mind, our soul, our heart, everything we've got came from God in the first place. Hallelujah. And when we listen to the succession of what Jesus says, As the sequence goes, he said, first we got to know there's only one God, and the next thing is we better love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then you love your neighbor as yourself. That means we've got to learn, first of all, who God is. And the second thing is that God that we've learned that there's only one of, we've got to learn to love him with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then. We learn how to love our neighbor. You can't know how to love nobody if you don't know who God is and the fact that you've got to love him with everything in your soul. Amen. And so Jesus, he teaches repentance. A lot of people think that Jesus is like a candy man and that all that he wants to do is just tell you some sweet little things and to rock you asleep like a baby and just sing a lullaby to you But I'm telling you what Jesus taught, repentance, just like the forerunner John did. Amen. Now, what does this word and all of the deep depths of what it means, when you look it up, when you look up this word repent, it means to reconsider, to think differently or afterwards. Well, after what? After repenting. After coming to know the Lord Jesus Christ. (coughs) Excuse me. But it means to think differently. Afterwards, you reconsider. Your mind is changed. Your thought process is going in another direction. And that is because we have come into a meeting with Jesus Christ. Have you met the Lord Jesus Christ? Did he do something down in your soul? Did you feel a burning down deep in your heart? Did you feel him tugging on your soul? Hallelujah. And caused you to come to this place of repentance. It means to feel guilt down in our soul also. Now all these things come from the definition of the word repent in the New Testament. But we also find that it can mean As well, uh, an accompaniment, a mid-company, knowing that we've got to have somebody to go into the presence of God with us. We can't even approach God's throne without the Lord Jesus Christ being there with us. But what does repentance really mean? We've got to think differently. That's what it means. We can't think like we used to think. We can't... Think and do like we used to do. It's going to do something different in us. It's going to change our mind. It's going to change our heart. It's going to cause us to do things differently. Now here's the thing. How are you going to know what direction to go in? Well, that's why God left His Word. You see, God did two things for the Church of the Living God. God sent a promise to us and that promise is available to you and I. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, when Peter stood up and the Holy Ghost had fell on the church on the birthday of the church, the very first birthday of the church, and people come running all from all over, and they heard that rushing mighty wind. And they say, What in the world going on? and they went up in that upper room, amen. God's not down in the bottom of the barrel. He put them up in the upper room. Hallelujah. And Jesus is there in spirit. Oh, hallelujah. You say, what are you talking about? Well, if you look over in Galatians, and as a matter of fact, I'm going to turn there in the book of Galatians. Uh, Let's see, I think it's chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And it says in verse 6, And because your sons... Now that don't leave you daughters out, not not know how. It it just uh, it's it's written in that manner, but this means everybody, the family of God. And so it said, because your sons or your daughters or whatever, God has sent forth his spirit. Now that word is a capital S. It's talking about the Spirit of God. The Bible says there's only but one spirit. There ain't two spirits, there ain't three spirits. The Bible says there is but one spirit, and that spirit baptizes in the church. And it says, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts or into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. That Spirit, that Holy Ghost power, that is Jesus come down in your soul. Hallelujah. And so the Bible teaches repentance. We see that the forerunner of Jesus taught repentance. Then we see the very Messiah Himself preach repentance. And you say, "Well, where are you going with that?" Uh, First of all, I want to tell you this. I want to say this. And now I say this because I spent many years working with the state of uh, the state of Washington, and uh, we had a home. And I believe I've I've mentioned this, but we had a care home, uh, children that we took care of, and uh, some very difficult children and all. But we tried to uh, do our best. Uh, You know, you had certain guidelines and rules you had to follow and all of that but we did our best to try to teach the children to uh, about the Lord and to to know that he's there for them and that he loves them and um, Did that for many years well in the course of doing that job uh, You had to take uh, these children uh, all of them most all of them uh, through counseling and you go through uh, the field of psychology you're gonna face this field of psychology as uh, someone who's running a care home or fo- a foster parent and, and all of that kind of thing. And uh, and I, I certainly I want to say, uh, I, I want to make sure that everybody understand I am not totally uh, against someone going to counseling. That I'm not saying that at all. And I know some people, when I say certain things, they flip it and turn it around, the opposite of what I'm saying. And I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is there is... Much of the field of psychology. Now, I know that there are some folks out there that have felt a call to go in this field and they have uh, made up their mind that this is what God has called them to do to help somebody out, Uh, you know, because a lot of us, even my own self, uh, needing those things because so many people have gone through so many different, uh, difficult things in this life, different certainly, Uh, many people's, uh, my my story may be different than your story and yours th- than mine, and all of that. But we sent many of these children, and we took care of uh, over a total of over forty children over the years. And um, but there came a point in a time that I began to realize something that many of those in the field of psychology, the things that they say, the things that they tell you, square against the word of God many, many times. Because the one thing they're not going to do is they're not going to encourage you. Now, I'm not talking about all, but I'm talking about a very large portion of those in the field of psychology are absolutely going to tell you, oh, you don't feel guilty for nothing. Don't worry about that. But the Bible lets us know the word repentance. It actually means to feel guilty for our sin. That we've committed. And and that's part of the struggle and the problem that so many people are having that are involved with psych- going to you know counseling and all of those things. And I'm saying it's not a bad thing if you find the right counselor. You find a counselor that truly serves the Lord. Now I do know there's some counselors that claim to follow the Lord and you're doing it too. And you're going right along with those folks over there that say, oh, we don't feel guilty for our sin. But you know that's part of the problem. That's where so many people get stuck and they can't seem to get past things and then what happens is then then they just keep going around and around and around and around and, and, and never getting nowhere where they need to because they need to repent. They need to be allowed to feel guilty for their sin so that they can turn to God and say, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm truly sorry and Lord, I need your help because we surely, we can't uh, serve God you, you can't serve the Lord without His strength and His power. But you've got to be able to uh, learn to submit to His power and say, Lord, I'm sorry for my sin because we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. But we've got to be willing to repent. And we've got to know that, that does it does include feeling guilty for our sin. So I do want to say that. But the next thing that I want to say, and I'm going to go on to the book of Jeremiah. Amen. Now, Jeremiah was what they call a major prophet. He was called the weeping prophet. He cried over his people. So many times they would not listen to God. Time and again, time and again, time and again. And Jeremiah is called as a prophet to his people. Now, I'm going to read these verses. And this is what Jeremiah said. This was the call that Jeremiah had on his life. Verse 4, it says, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Verse 5, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. I'm going to tell you what. ain't no different today, friend. When God knows us, He knows us before we were ever even conceived. God knows everything. He knew you were going to be born. He knew what your name was going to be before you were named. He knew what you and I uh, were going to look like. He knew what color our eyes were going to be. He knew whether or not we were going to be born blind, whether we were going to be born able to, uh, maybe not able to hear. He knew all of these things about you and I. Knew everything about us. And so he said, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. He's talking to Jeremiah. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. In other words, God had already had a plan for him. He already made up his mind. I'm going to use him. I'm going to set him apart to do the holy things of God, to be used of me. God had already made up his mind. Tell me, friend, and this is where we're going today, do you feel a call on your life? Are you running from God? Now, I'm praying that on this podcast... Because like I said, and I probably say it almost every time I get on here, I'm, I'm praying that this podcast can be used to encourage somebody in their walk with the Lord. But today I want to encourage some of y'all that you have felt a call on your life and you're running from God. Yeah, you remember the story about Jonah, don't you? Jonah ran from God. Jonah was asked to go do something and he didn't want to do it. And he got stuck up in the belly of the whale. And so whatever that may turn out like for you and I. Now, I know this and I can preach this and I can speak about this and I can podcast about it and talk about it until I'm blue in the face because I'll tell you what, I ran from God. Yes, I did. And I'm going to tell you what, I found my belly in the well. Oh, yeah. I, I found myself in the belly. of well. Now, I ain't talking about no, no well like Jonah had. But you know what? We find our own belly. We get up in our own, own well. We get stuck up in that belly of that well. What's your what's your whale? Well, what, what, Billy, have you got yourself stuck up in if you're running from God? Are you running from the Lord? You know, if the Lord has called you, he's already made up his mind to do. And I'll tell you what, I learned, it took me a long time to learn, you just can't run from God. You know, the Bible says that his calling and, and, and all of those things, they're without repentance. When God makes up his mind to call us to do something, He's not going to turn around and change his mind. Now, I know that some people will point to certain verses of Scripture. They'll say, well, what about this and what about that? But God still will not change his mind as to what he decided to do. Even if somebody has failed him and they no longer are going to walk on and listen to the Lord. And I've seen a young man that I know personally. And, and I, I knew and he knew as well that he had a call on his life. And he's still running from God. And I, I continue to keep him in prayer because you never know what well we're going to get stuck up in because we're running from the Lord. Now, so the word of the Lord says here that uh, God told Jeremiah, I sanctified thee. And then he said, and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. He said, I'm going to use you and you're going to go out. He said, I've called you to go out and to do this and be a prophet unto the nations. Now listen to verse 6. Then said I, this is what Jeremiah said to the Lord, Ah, Lord God, behold, I cannot speak, for I am a child. Now, we all can come up with excuses. I came up with mine. i can tell you what mine was. You know, when I was 16 years old, now I gave my heart to the Lord when I was seven, but... Um, When I was 16 years old, the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. Now, I gave my heart to the Lord at seven years old in the Baptist church. But then the Lord moved me on, and uh, I ended up uh, in a Pentecostal church, and I was baptized with the Holy Ghost when I was 16. And it was several months later that I was praying, and the Lord spoke to me. And he told me, he said, I'm going to call you. He said, I'm going to call you. To preach my word, and I argued with God, and I said, "Lord, I can't do that. Lord, I, I I just can't do that. I said, Lord, I'm too afraid." And I gave all of my excuses and all of my reasons because I had a problem with talking to people. Now you say, "Well, you're on a podcast. You're behind. Um, you know, uh, uh, you know a." Um, microphone and all of this kind of thing and and you know we can't even see you and, you know you're not being filmed or whatever well i didn't do it because of that reason we did it because of other reasons my son that was setting us up we we ran into quite a few problems in trying to get that worked out but uh in event we may change it up one day where uh, uh, but but also i i want to be very careful and not not uh, i don't want people uh, getting the idea that i'm the one that want to be seen because certainly i want to focus on the word of god But I remember I was terrified when the Lord called me. And I said, Lord, I can't do that because you know this about me. You know that I am too afraid. I mean, I get in a conversation with somebody and my palms would sweat. I couldn't even talk to one person, let alone preaching. And you know, the Lord, uh, it took many years for God to work on me. But I want to say that to somebody that might be listening. Has God called you? Are you somebody that the Lord has called and you're running because you say to yourself, well I've got this reason or I've got that reason? Because the Lord is is going to continue to deal with you and convict you and move on you to follow his will and his way. And his excuse, Jeremiah was he said I'm a child. Now some people might say, well I'm 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 too young to do this and so on and so forth. Now, I will say that the calling that God puts on our life, we don't just immediately jump out into that call. God does have a time where God is going to train us and God is going to teach us and God is going to send us through some things. I'll tell you what, there's nobody. Hear me now. There is nobody. Oh, dear Jesus. There ain't nobody out there that you've been called to preach that you ain't been through some things. You hear I I tell you, 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 God is going to use those that have been through some things. God is going to use those that have lost along the way. Amen. And that is what God can use because you know what it feels like to struggle. And you know what it feels like to lose. And you know what it feels like to have people come against you and to beat you down and to wear you out. But I'll tell you what. You got to hang on. You got to hang on because if you will trust the Lord, if you put your faith out and allow God to do what He wants to do with you, if He's called you, God ain't going to call you somewhere where He's not going to provide. God will provide wherever He leads you to go. He will provide what is needed. Amen. It's the truth. And so... Uh, Verse 7, it says, but the Lord said unto me. See, he said, well, Lord, I'm a child. I can't do anything. Well, God didn't leave that alone. He responded right back and he said, but the Lord said unto me, say not that I'm a child. In other words, God don't want us to, he don't want to hear our excuses. He doesn't want to hear our excuses to why we don't get up and start moving towards what God has called us to do. Now, like I said, there's a time that from the time of your call, Until the time that you're actually going to go out and do whatever God calls you to do. There's a time to learn. And there's a time to grow. And there's a time, uh, you know, and that time can be really, really difficult. And it can be very, very long. It really can. I know the Lord, uh, literally, it took me so many years. And one of the reasons was because I ran from God to the point that I backslid. And I just kept running. And I kept running. And I kept running. And God wouldn't leave me alone. And I'm grateful. I'm so thankful that the Lord didn't leave me alone. But I want to say an encouragement to you. Do you feel that call on your life? Do you feel God drawing you? Do you lay on your bed at night and you look up and you're thinking, Dear God, what am I doing? Dear Lord, why am I not listening to you? Why am I running? Why am I afraid, or why am, why am I bothered by this, or bothered by that? Why do I feel like this is going to be in the way, or that's going to be in the way? Listen, if God has called you, He's going to take care of everything. You don't have to worry about that. I mean, come on, let's look at the Apostle Paul. The man was going around killing Christians. You see what I'm saying? Now, I'm, nah, I, uh, you know, I, I got to be careful what I'm saying here, but. But, you know, uh, this man, he was going around putting, throwing them in jail and, 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 and there to, uh, you know, see to it, they're going to be put out. And when I say killer, it, he, he was there for the uh, agreement to have Stephen stoned. And so, uh, and we can find that in the book of Acts. And, but look at what God did with the Apostle Paul. Now, certainly God had to strike him down. God had to knock him to the ground and blind him for three days. But I'll tell you what, God got his attention. What does God have to do to you and I to get our attention, to listen to him and to move forward in that call that God has put on your life? Amen. And so uh, Jeremiah, he hears the Lord say to him in verse 7 in the, uh, uh, Jeremiah chapter 1. He says, But the Lord said unto me, Say not that I am a child, for thou shalt go to all that I send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Now, that means that there's going to be a time that he does this. That don't mean that when God calls you, the very minute that he calls you, you've got to run on. And go do and see and that's that was my thing i was scared to death i thought oh what well, i'm supposed to get up next week and preach well no that wasn't the case but you know i didn't understand at that time that god uh, had to put me through the ringer i'm telling you i went through the ringer and uh you know and there was times that you know i put my own self through the ringer and then god had to pull me out of that and uh, i thank god that he did but the Lord said, look, I'm, I'm going to send you where you need to go. And he said, and whatsoever I command you, thou shalt speak. He said, you're going to do this. In other words, there, there's no two ways about it. You're going, to, you're going to do it. But you've got to put yourself in line and be willing to do it. And so Jeremiah, you know, he's, he's giving this back and forth with the Lord. And I know a lot of people that are called a lot of times. That's exactly what happens. We give our, you know, we give our little uh, speech to God, so to speak. Well, Lord, I, I, I don't think I can do that because, uh, Lord, because of this or because of that, or, or, or because I struggle with this or I struggle with that. I don't, I don't think I can be uh, doing the work you call me to do. But God knows better than we all do. And then He said, "I'm going to command you to speak what thou shalt speak." God will put the words in your mouth. Look at verse eight. Chapter 1 of the book of Jeremiah, verse 8 says, Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. Now, you know a lot of preachers, the reason why they won't get up, well, when I say preachers, I'm talking about people that are called to preach. They're afraid of the people's faces. You say, well, why would that be? Well, I'll tell you why it was for me because i was afraid that if people heard what god put in my mouth to say that they would become angry and that they would be uh, very upset with me and i can assure you that has happened because you know when you're a preacher that's called to preach repentance and to turn from sin people don't like hearing that and they get mad they they get downright belligerent sometimes and uh, the lord said don't be afraid of their faces but there's come this time that we have to grow in the Lord and really learn to trust him and learn that God is going to be there because this is what he said to Jeremiah he said he said for I am uh, I am with thee to deliver thee and so uh, listen no matter what it don't it don't matter how it looks nothing's going to happen that God ain't going to allow that's just the bottom line it doesn't matter God is not going to allow something that ain't the devil can't do something that God's not allow. Now, you say, well, that means that, that the enemy could come against. Well, he can. But he said, I'm going to be there with you. And he said, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to help you out. And then in verse 9, it said, Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. Hallelujah. He said, He put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Amen. And then in verse 10, he said, See, I have this day set thee over the nations, over kingdoms. Now pay attention to what it was he was to do to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to, over, to throw down, and then to build and to plant. Now notice, He's put words in his mouth, and he said, "You're going to root out, root out what? Root out the sin." You say, "Well, I don't, I don't want to go preaching against sin." That's a problem with a lot of preachers now. They these preachers, you know, they got itching ears. There's a lot of false prophets out there, and they don't want to preach the word of God. They don't want to preach against sin because they're afraid of the people's faces. They're afraid of their reactions. Well, I'm gonna tell you what. You might get a reaction. You might get a reaction, just like he told Ezekiel. He said, They may listen and they may not. He said, But you got to do because there has to be a witness that God has sent somebody to tell them that they've got to repent. They've got to turn. You say, Well, that makes us look uh, like we're, you know, holier than now. Absolutely not. You can't preach repentance without having repented yourself and to stay in a repentant frame of mind. You have got to make up your mind you're going to live for God every day. You can't get up and preach repentance and not be of a repentant heart yourself that makes you a hypocrite. You can't do that. And so we've got to make up our mind to serve. Hallelujah. We've got to make up our mind to serve the Lord and to give Him everything. You know, the Lord said to love me with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Everything you got. All of it. But He said, you're going to go root out. Do you think Jeremiah was anybody any different than any other human being? Like he was a superhuman or something? Absolutely not. None of these prophets, not even Moses, nobody, none of these people were anything but just a normal person. But they just made up their mind they were going to listen to God and they were going to hear God and they were going to have a relationship with God. And so those of us that have been called, now I understand that there's many different types of call. We're all called to the ministry of reconciliation. Every single Christian. And what that is, in the book of Corinthians, we find that the ministry of reconciliation, this is where we go about in restoring people back to God. We help. God allows us to be used to bring people in to a relationship with the Lord. He, he allows our hands and our feet and our mouths and, and our actions. You know, we, we go out and we talk to people about the Lord or we show somebody the love of the Lord so that they see there really is a true God, and He really is inside of people, and He really is reaching out through them to bring them into a relationship with the Lord. And so we have the ministry of reconciliation or restoration. And for all of us, every Christian is called to that ministry. But what I am referring to, and I'm sure that maybe most of you have probably figured it out by now, I'm talking about y'all that are preached uh, called to preach the Word, those of you that are called to the ministry and you're called to preach the word, you're called to teach the word. Now, that doesn't mean that your position is any higher than anybody else as far as you're better than everybody else. That don't mean that at all. And uh, But you've got to understand that every person is fit in the body as God puts it there. He puts each person in the body who he chooses. Now, we you know, we got to understand... God is going to call us to do the work that we have been called to do. And he's going to help you. He's going to give you what you need to do what he's called you to do. And, and when God calls you to preach, and especially if he calls you to preach repentance to the people, this is what he said to Jeremiah. He said to root out. you got to root that sin out. You can't be a wishy-washy preacher. There's too many of those we need preachers that are going to stand. Hallelujah! We need preachers that are willing to say, you know what? I'm gonna go the extra mile. I'm gonna go the extra two miles. I'm gonna go the extra five miles. I'm gonna preach what thus saith the word of God. And whatever come may it be, uh, you know, I, I I can't be afraid of their faces. I can't be afraid of their reaction. I've got to preach what God says. And somebody's got to preach repentance. Somebody's got to talk about. Rooting out sin out of our lives. And right along with that, I'll tell you what, every message that God has ever gave me to preach to others, God preached it to me first. Yes, he did. And you got to take those messages, hallelujah, you got to take those messages to heart. Thank you, Jesus. You got to take those messages to heart that God gives you to preach to others and let it apply to your life and your heart yourself before you get up in that pulpit. Amen. Amen. And so we got to preach to root out sin and and we got to pull down those things that have lifted themselves up above God. You've got to be willing to preach to pull down those things that stood up above God in His way. Are you willing to do it? And then the other thing He said, to destroy. You say, what in the world? Well, we're supposed to preach the word that causes there to be a destruction to the idols that people have gotten a hold of in their life. Because you see, Satan has people bound up. And we've got to be able to pray and preach and speak God's word. Now, I'll tell you something else. You can't preach the word if you don't get in the word. Amen. And you can't understand the word if you don't spend time with God in prayer. There is no preacher worth a dime. Are y'all hearing me? You ain't worth two cents. If you don't spend time in the word... And prayer. And I'm not talking about right before you get up in the pulpit neither. I'm talking about spending some time. I'm talking about getting up in the word. I'm talking about studying the word of God. I'm talking about getting down on your knees and crying out to God. I'm talking about praying to him until it's it's a hold of your soul and your heart. and shakes you like an earthquake. Hallelujah. God wants to do. Yes, he does. And then it says to throw down you know when you get done tearing down that stuff you gotta throw it out the garbage take out the trash hallelujah thank you jesus sometimes we just gotta take out the trash you know i i remember times i remember when i preached in a little church little pentecostal church up in washington and i would preach sometimes some of these things and i had one uh, particular person and they got upset with me and they came up to me i mean i just got through preaching and i had been praying with people that come down the altar and uh it, why it come up to me and said, Why do you have to preach like that? Why do you have to always preach like that? And I said, Well, that's what God told me to do. That's what God told me to do. And sometimes you're gonna get people that are gonna confront you. You say, Well, I don't wanna go through that, I don't wanna deal with that. Listen, if God called you, he's gonna give you the strength to do. He really will. But we need preachers that are going to be willing to do exactly what is going on here. Do you think that since Jeremiah's time in life that there's not a time on this earth right now where we need some preachers that will root out and pull down and destroy and throw down things that need to be done? Do you think that you uh, that, that we don't have that going on right now? Absolutely we do. Absolutely we do. We need preachers that are going to be willing to stand up and be accounted and, and say, look, God is a holy God. We we know that God has called us to preach holiness and to walk in holiness without, without it and without walking in peace. We're not going to see God. That's what the Bible says. Without peace and without holiness, you're not going to see God. Now, some people say, well, I didn't know that was there. Well, read it. It sure enough is. And then... After you do all of the rooting down, out and all the pulling down and all the destroying and all the throwing down, and taking out the trash. Now I don't mean that by persons but I mean all the messy nonsense of people getting bricks mixed up with and, and and they allow themselves to get wrapped up in, in sin all kinds of things you got to get up there and preach and say, look God don't I remember one time I I was preaching a message and uh, and I don't even remember what it was I preached but the, but the message, and, I, and it wasn't the intent that I, I thought it was going to go to, uh, but uh, I was preaching and I, there were certain things that I said. And, and when I did the altar call, and the one young, and it was a, a, a sister in the Lord, and she came come to me and she said, "Do you think the Lord is going to forgive me?" And I said, "Sister, what are you talking about?" And she told me, she very quietly told me, and I said, "Sister, the Lord loves you." I said, "He, he wants you to repent, certainly." You got to turn from God. You can't be doing that. Uh, and certainly, the Lord uh, has given you conviction in your heart to do. I said, but certainly the Lord gonna forgive you. He loves you. He He loves you. That's why He allowed you to feel that convicting feeling in your soul, in your heart. And see, that's the reason why we've got to be able to uh, not be afraid to preach repentance because it does a work in people's soul. It does something inside of them. It helps to change their outlook because you 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 know it, it's. When you preach repentance and people actually come down the altar and repent, it's like a weight being lifted off of them. It's like you've preached this message that God has spoken and it lifts that weight of sin off of them. Now, I'm not talking about you and your actions doing that. Certainly, that's done through the power of the Holy Ghost. But uh, shall we look at the Word of God and what it says? It says, how shall they hear without a preacher? Amen? Amen. How shall they hear without a preacher? That's what that's what the Word of God says. It says, "How how shall they hear without a preacher?" And I'd like you to, if you would, uh, go with me just as we close. I'm getting ready to close here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, uh, go to the Book of Romans in chapter ten. That's where I'm going right now. We're gonna go to the Book of Romans, and this is the book that uh, Apostle Paul wrote, and he says. Uh, in chapter 10 and we're going to start with verses 13 and it says for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved so they're going to be at uh, this time that they weren't going to see the Lord in flesh anymore but they would be calling on his name to be saved and certainly that is our generation we don't see the Lord literally walking the streets and seeing throngs of people, masses of people following him and him teaching us out of the boats and and all that that he did before. No, but they're going to come this day where we are now, where people can call on the name of the Lord because they don't actually physically see him any longer and God will fill them with the Holy Ghost. But he says, uh, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then it says in verse 14, How then shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? In other words, there's going to come a time when they're going to call on him to believe. But how shall they call on him in whom they've not believed? In other words, they can't call on God unless they learn to believe in God. That's the first thing. Then it says in verse uh, 14, the rest of it, it says, And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? In other words, they have to hear of Jesus Christ in order to believe on him. And then it says, and how shall they hear without a preacher? See, it goes down the succession of of the list here. And then it says, how shall they hear without a preacher? There needs to be a preacher. And then in verse 15, it says, and how shall they preach except they be sent? That's in verse 15. So, friend, have you been called by the Lord? Are you running from the Lord? We need preachers that are going to be willing to go tell it on the mountain, to go preach the truth, to go root out and pull down and throw out and all of that. But then it also says to build up and to plant. It tells us that also, to be able to build up and to plant. But we got to get all that mess out of there. You got to to be able to be willing to preach a message of repentance. Are you too afraid to go are you, are you afraid that the people are going to be angry with what God has put in your mouth to preach? Now, I'm going to tell you, if you think that getting up preaching and you're going to go preach a candy man message, all right, there's plenty of preachers out there that are preaching candy man messages. You know what I mean? You don't want to know what I mean? I'm going to tell you what I mean. There's too many preachers out there. All they want to preach is Sweets. How many of us, if you, if you yourself, maybe growing up, or if you had children, some people may not, but growing up as yourself, if you would have just sat and ate sweets constantly, all day long, for days on end, all you ever ate was sweets and sweets and sweets, chocolate cookies and, and ice cream and donuts and candy and soda pop and all this stuff. You know full well that if you ain't ate nothing else, eventually you're going to get sick. You full well know it. Every one of us know that. We know it's the truth. And so I'm not talking about you going out and preaching some candy man message. There's enough preachers out there that are preaching a candy man message and people can't get right with God because they won't preach repentance. They won't tell them to turn from their sin. But we've got to have some preachers that are willing to stand up and do. And so as God calls you, and you say, well, I'm just I'm afraid of what God has put in my mouth to say. Now I'll tell you, whatever God says to say, it's going to line up with the word. If it don't line up with the word, it's probably not anything God told you to say. But if it lines up with his word and the fullness of his truth in all that he says, you know, this is one book. The Bible is one book. It's not it's not like it's uh, you know. It's, shall you say, two books. Some people say, well, there's the Old Testament book and there's the New Testament book. Nuh-uh. Do you know that the New Testament church, they didn't even have the New Testament for years and years and years and years. They didn't have it. All they had was the Old Testament. This is how they learned to identify the Messiah because of the things in the Old Testament scripture. This is how they learned uh, what it was that, They were to do and the apostles were there through the words that they had learned from Jesus Christ himself with the three and a half years that they spent with him. And and the church was established on the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. This is what the Bible tells us in chapter two. And so what I'm saying is the Lord is going to call some folks. He's going to call some folks to preach a balanced meal to his people. He said feed my sheep god needs some 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 of y'all that are willing to feed the sheep and to give them a good balanced meal amen hallelujah in the word of god and not just constantly giving them a plate of sweets now there's a time and a place to preach a message that uh, you know it certainly sounds sweet and wonderful because the lord is kind and the lord is good and certainly messages about love. Without love, we don't have a thing. It's just a tinkling brass and sound and symbol. But the Lord also made it very clear that at the very beginning of his ministry, he pro- preached of repentance. And not only that, but the forerunner of Jesus Christ, John, his cousin, he also preached repentance. Because it was to pave the way. It said prepare the way of the Lord. And we've got to have preachers that are going to be willing to preach repentance. To tear down those things that Satan has built up against God. Amen. And so with that said, I know this has been another uh, little bit longer podcast than what I usually do. But uh, I, I want to encourage you and I want to pray with those that you have felt a call on your life. And you need God to just give you maybe a little nudge to get out there and do what God has called you to do. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for the privilege and the opportunity to come and to share your word. And I pray that any and all of those folks that have listened that are servants of the Lord, all of us, we are all called to the ministry of reconciliation, uh, just restoring people back to God uh, and being your hands and feet of love and mercy and kindness to do such, reaching out to all people. And I pray that people will be encouraged to do that certainly, to find their place in the body of Christ, to reach out to the lost because Lord, we know that you come to save the lost and lord i also know that you have called people to preach the word to teach the word and i know that there are many times just like myself and other people that i've known lord that you've called and they've just kind of held back i'm asking you lord to help these folks that have listened and encourage them lord hallelujah to move forward in you god give them the strength to move forward God, give them the the want to and the determination in their soul to reach out and to call on you and to ask you, Lord, for that strength that they need to preach what you've called them to preach and to teach what you've called them to teach. I know that this world, Lord, they've turned another way. And so many of them, it seems like, don't want to turn to the Lord any longer, turning to you and repenting. But, Lord, the Word tells us how shall they hear without a preacher? And so, Lord, I'm asking you, God, to strengthen the preachers that you've called that are going to be willing to stand up and preach the truth, that are going to be willing to stand up and preach repentance in Jesus' name. Give them strength and help them on out, Lord. Amen. God bless you. I'm so glad that I've been able to be with you and I hope that I've helped to encourage somebody. Now, I know not everybody going to be encouraged and some people may not even want to bother listening to this podcast but um, i would like to encourage you and i want you to understand god can use anybody i'm gonna say that right now before i close god can use anybody don't you look at yourself and think well god called me but i, I just don't think that i can be used i want to tell you something god has called me and um, i have a ministry that god uh, has raised up and i believe that god has called me too and it is called the unit preacher and yes, I said that correctly, the eunuch preacher. And so uh, if you would go on to YouTube, you will find where we have our uh, preaching on the eunuch preacher. And. Uh...